Hey, hey, what's going on? The Gospel with Steve Hennigan. How's it going? How you feeling? Hope all is well with you. Well, today's message is entitled Secure Victory Over Sin. <clears throat> now, I know what you're probably thinking. Secure victory over sin? I'm over that. I got it. I'm good. <laughs> Saved, sanctified, Holy Spirit filled. I got you, Steve. I'm, I'm okay. You know, but... Uh, there are some who still struggle um, with victory over sin. And um, I want to just share with you what God shared with me. And that's really the premises and the goals of, um, of my podcast. I have to be obedient in this area, um, especially with sin. Okay, because what does sin do? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, what what is what is sin? I mean, sin, quite frankly, does exactly what the enemy wants it to do. Okay, it kills, it steals, it destroys, and it separates us from God. That's exactly if we go back in the Genesis, or we go back and and um, read and find out why. The Lord destroyed the earth with Noah and then did it again with Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, He destroyed the earth and started all back over again because of sin and separation and what sin does to um, our relationship between us as human beings who did not create ourselves. God created us and our loving God who, by the way, is constantly, constantly, praise God, constantly uh, trying to reconcile himself with us. He's tried to come uh, in so many different forms. We can start with Adam and Eve. He wants to live with us. He lived with Adam and Eve. The Bible says that he walked in the cool of the garden. Uh, Once Adam and Eve sinned, looking for Adam. Could you just imagine that? Just pause for a minute. Just imagine that for a minute. God walking in the cool of the garden. I mean, our Father, our Savior, our Comforter, our Daddy, our Abba, Father, the Word says. Walking in the cool of the garden. Created this garden for human, for mankind to be able to just relax in His presence and be worry-free, stress-free. That's what the Lord says in the Word that heaven will be like. Uh, once we pass from this earth and go on to our new life, that is what heaven is going to be like. Just as it was, or maybe even better, than Adam and Eve had it in the very beginning. But, once again, here we go, back to our topic. <laughs> they failed in securing victory over sin, which separated them from God. God banished them. We know the story. If you don't, you can find it in Genesis. God banished them from this garden, this beautiful garden, because he told them that they could eat from everything else in the garden and they could partake in everything else. But this one tree in the middle, tree of knowledge and evil, uh, they were not supposed to eat from. They were not supposed to touch it. They were not supposed to go anywhere near it at all. But we know, as the story goes, they went more than near it, okay? They went more than near it, all right? When we're identifying sin, we can look at a couple of different scriptures. Um, But for purposes of what we're studying, 
I wanted to uh, hone in on uh, 1 Corinthians 6. So you have your Bibles, or if you want to just read along, you can. I'm reading from the ESV version, Um, 1 Corinthians 6. It says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then 11 goes on. So I'm reading 1 Corinthians 6, I'm sorry, 9 through 11. And such were some of you. So this is saying that Okay, you have already been saved. You have already accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've already believed that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, shed your blood, and believed that he is um, God's son. And he came to uh, mediate this whole reconciliation plan that God had in place uh, from the beginning of time, really. Um, As Christ came, you, you are a believer. Okay, and you're no longer walking in this way. All right? 11 says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Then if I move on to 12, it says, all things are lawful for me. This is Paul writing, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me but I will not be dominated by anything. And that's a strong hook right there as we continue to go on and study securing victory over sin. Okay? So, I mean, I know this is pretty elementary, but why not sin, right? God our Father created us, and He knows what is best. Alright? He knows what will kill us, what will destroy us. He knows what will steal from us. He knows what will separate us from his love. Why not just submit to him? I tell you what, it's a hard issue. And the Lord had to confront me about this. We have made sin and Satan idols our God. We have forsaken our first love and have fallen in love with our sin basis of it point blank we like it we love it we don't want to run away from it we don't want we want to have our cake and eat it too but the Lord says today choose whom you will serve that's what the word says choose whom you will serve make that decision make that choice because we are responsible we no longer have any fear of God it says in Romans 3.18 we don't have fear of God anymore We don't fear it because we don't see the consequences happening right away for our sin, but there are consequences. This is how it all goes down. It's found in James 1, 13 through 15. All right. And this is the whole idea. 13 says, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. So God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. So he's not tempting us. God is not tempting you. You say, well, why? Why we even have these desires? Why we even have all the stuff that I just mentioned in 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 9 through through 12 or, or 9 through 10? I mean, why? Where's it coming from? 
okay? We live in a fallen world, so you will be tempted. 14 says, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away. Okay, there's key words there. Every man is tempted, so you're not the only one being tempted. Every man and woman is tempted, okay? Then it says he is drawn away of his own lust. So it's us. We're responsible. It's our own lust. And then is enticed. 15 says, then when lust had conceived, it takes time. This is a process. It bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, like I said, it's a process. Bring it forth death. So we go back to Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. That's the whole process. That's how it happens. And that death mainly happens with the separation of us from God. <laughs> you don't want to be separated from God. Trust me. God's wrath is coming for those who are unbelievers, the unrighteous, who have not accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, who are not living out and constantly each day dying to their flesh with this sin that easily besets us and easily entangles us, okay? We don't want to be part of God's wrath, all right? This is a whole process and there are consequences, all right? Titus 2.12 reads, if you're there, you can read Titus 2.12. So we have a choice to live according to the righteousness and godliness or ungodly involved in worldly lusts. So the word says that we have a choice. We have a choice in this matter. So we're not just drawn away by our own lust because we just don't know and we're just out there. Now, if you don't know and you're ignorant, of course, this message is coming to you to let you know now that you know. Now you're responsible and now you can see what sin does for your own self, for your own eyes. It has to be a desire of yours to want to walk with God to want to go in the right direction, to want to get rid of the things that so easily entangle you, especially if you have already accepted Christ and you're walking in the way and you're trying your best to line up your life as Christ walked on the earth when he lived on the earth. Sin leads to death, horrible, irreversible consequences at times. And I'm sure you have testimonies of your own to know and say, hey, I know because I've been there. I understand. I've had some stuff happen to me that I can understand as a result of sin. The consequences and the horrible, irreversible consequences at times. A perfect example. The Word of God talks about David. David and Bathsheba. It's always with this whole sexual area. This sexual immorality. The Word said flee sexual immorality. Flee it. Run away from it. Don't act like you can take it and you're you're the big bad boss and you can handle it and you can stand around it. You can do this. I've been studying that. The word says flee sexual immorality. You need to get up and run like Joseph did. <laughs> Potiphar's wife. You know, we know the story of Joseph. If you don't, <laughs> Joseph was thrown in jail because Potiphar's wife lied on him, tried to get him to sleep with her. And then when he refused and he ran and left his cloak behind, Potiphar's wife lied. He was uh, a great helper in, in, the, uh, in the king's palace. You know, he was a great help. But he got thrown in jail because he ran. So sometimes when we run, 
it might not seem like it's feeling real good. It might not seem great at the time. But when we run away from sin and we flee, especially with sexual immorality, because there's so much trouble surrounding that area of sin, all right, sometimes it doesn't feel right. Most of the time it doesn't feel right. But the word of God says, hey, that way that we take for Christ is narrow, <laughs> but it's broad the other way. So it's easier just to give in, right? It's easier just to say, hey, you know, yeah, I can do this again. This is fine. Ain't nothing going to happen. Ain't nothing happened last time. Ain't nothing happened a time before. Ain't nothing happened the three other times I did it. Why not go down this road now again? Because ain't nothing going to happen. But as I mentioned earlier, sin leads to death. It is a process. A horrible process. Irreversible consequences at times. Okay? Word says it. When it is finished, it bringeth forth death. When it is finished with you, the enemy likes to have you think that, hey, I can do this now and get away with it. Later on, I'll be all right. I can do this and do that. I can say this and say that. I can go this place and go that place. And even though I'm tempted, I won't fall. <laughs> Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when the lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Like I said again, it is a process. And lust doesn't always have to do with sex. Lust has a lot to do with our desires and our wants that are totally outside of the will of God. Okay? Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Why keep going in sin? Why keep going? Once again, as we read, we reap what we sow. That's what Galatians 6 and 10, 6 to 7 through 10 goes. I can read it to you. Let me go ahead and find it here. <clears throat> While you find it, you probably already jumped to it um, before me. But we'll go ahead and read it. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Right? For that he soweth to the flesh. Thou showeth reap corruption, but that he showeth into the spirit shall of the spirit reap eternal life. So why keep going on sin? Why keep going in sin? The end of sin is death. The end of sin is death. But the gift of God, if we keep turning to the Lord, it just keep turning to the Lord. The end of that is eternal life. Hope is found. Yeah, there is hope. Hope is found in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 and 4 talks more about what sin does. Okay, and I'm sure you're, <laughs> you're caught on and you kind of know uh, what sin does. Not, not, uh, not only from what I am saying it is and what it does, but... Uh, from your own experiences, I'm sure. But we'll go ahead and read a little bit of it so we can get a little bit of an understanding, okay? And especially you who might not know, okay? And this is especially for you, okay? Wherefore, seeing also, this is Hebrews 12, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, there are people watching us. Let us lay aside every weight and sin 
see the key word again, in sin, which does easily beset us. And let us run with patience. Look at that. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be weary and faint in your minds. So basically what that's saying is we must look unto Jesus as our example to flee this sin because Jesus was tempted too, but he sinned not, right? So I love what two says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So it's almost like a, a, a one, two step type deal, right? Run away from this thing. Let it go is what, what verse one is saying. Then it says to look unto Jesus, the finisher of our faith. And then it goes on to explain why we should look unto, unto him. Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising shame, right? And now he's at the right hand of the Father. So consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. And we are to use this when we feel weary and faint in our minds, okay? And then 4 says, Ye have not, this is what got to me too, ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin that is a key verse here that is a key verse ye have not <laughs> ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin just think about that for a minute oh my lord Hebrews 12 and 4 you haven't strived yet not enough you say well I strive against sin I I did well yesterday. Great. Awesome. I did well the day before. I ain't go back to it. I'm, I'm okay. I did good. <laughs> the Lord is saying, you are right. Keep going. Keep striving. Keep fleeing. Keep running. Keep reading. Keep drawing nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. We'll get to that in a minute. Keep doing it. Don't give it up. The word says that we shall not live by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that comes from his mouth, meaning that we need him. We need him every step of the way. There is no way that we can do without him. And the Lord has been talking to me about this, that I can't expect to stay away from sin if I'm out of my word. I got to be in my word daily, even if it's just a couple of scriptures. I got to be on my face daily. I got to be before my Lord and my Savior and my Father daily. That's what Christ did. So if he did, it's going to work for me. He was perfect, though. He didn't sin. So I can't be exactly like Christ, but we are called to be Christ-like. The Word of God says we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, okay? And here's something that might help us out as well. That definitely would help us out. It's found in Galatians 5. So we'll run back to Galatians again. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. All right? And as you can see, this is straight from the Word. I'm not putting any fluff or anything like that around it. You know, I always pray before I um, come before you with anything because I want to make sure that the Holy Spirit guides me and that I'm not talking out of my flesh, okay? Because that's sin too. I'll be misleading you and I don't want to do that. 
Galatians 5:16, and this was a heavy lesson to prepare. It took me quite some time to get it together. Um, the reason why it was so heavy is because this <laughs> you should be able to do this in, in just a couple minutes. You know, um, this is a whole study in it in and of itself. It's um, it's deep. It's deep. It's a whole study in and of itself. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, right now. Thank you, Lord, for allowing this lesson to go forth, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for allowing you to speak through me, Father God, to whomever's listening right now, and not my own, Lord. <sighs> Praise God. Let's get back into it. Galatians 5, 16 through 26. It says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Okay, I'm going to read that again. It says, this I say then, walk in the Spirit. Okay? Walk in the Spirit. Okay? Living by the Holy Spirit's power. This is the only way that we're going to stay away from sin. This gets right to the bone of the victory over sin. Okay? The victory over sin. Okay? Let me let you know. First of all, the victory over sin was already won. Okay? We've already run the battle. Okay? Uh, and that happened on the cross. All right? That happened on the cross. But we need to activate this thing. Alright? We need to activate it. And the only way we're going to activate this, this, this blessing, this gift that's been given to us, okay, is by us living by the Spirit. Okay? Then, th this I then say, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow! Walk in the Spirit. So if you're looking at the word, I say, walk in the Spirit, okay? It says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. How does it look? Walk in the Spirit. What do you do? Well, I just mentioned a couple of them that I do. You know, I need to practice more. Um, but you're... The, the word, the word of God says that the the word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. David asked for the Lord to lead him and guide him in Psalm 25. He asked him to show him his way. If there was anything that was uh, not good in his heart, we pray and we ask God to replace this stony heart with a heart of flesh. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds in Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 1, we are not conformed to the pattern of this world. But we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are changed because we are living by the Spirit. You are agreeing with the Spirit and not your flesh. You're not living by your flesh. Okay, it goes on. I love this. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. It's explaining exactly what's going on. Hallelujah. The, the flesh is lusting against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. All right, the word of God says in, um, oh man, it, 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 it breaks me right now. I'm thinking about the armor. Of course, that was my last lesson. I was talking about the armor of the Lord. But this is a spiritual battle. This is not a battle that's in between flesh and blood. All right. So, but the flesh is lusting against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, the word says. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Of course, Paul said, you know what? I have the stone in my flesh. Um, I, 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 I don't know what, what a, a wretched man am I, he says, because he's constantly battling. And I know that that was sin. Constantly battling against what he knew that he should do that was right. 
but he, he constantly would do what he did not want to do, which was wrong. And this explains it right here. 18 says, but if you be led by the spirit, you are not under the law. 19. Now the works of the flesh, and we'll go into this as well, just like what we just mentioned, we found in 1 Corinthians 6 as well, and this goes further. Now the works of the flesh, you say, what is sin again? What are these things that we should stay away from? Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, idolatry, levaciousness, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, I'm at 21 now, murders, drunkenness, revelings, or revilings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the word of God. This is straight up. Straight up. The word of God. 22 says, but the fruit of the spirit, you say, what's the opposite, right? But the fruit of the spirit is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, 23, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. And they that are Christ have been crucified. So you belong to Christ. You've been crucified. You've crucified the flesh with all of the affections and the lust thereof. And 25 says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. We're going back to the very beginning of that. Um, that we read there in 16, right? So it says all of this, and then it takes us back, and it says that we live by the Spirit. Let us also walk in the Spirit. 26, and let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. So we just wrap that up again. That's sin, okay? That is sin, all right? If we go on to Romans 1, 1 through 8... Alright. Romans 1, 1 through 8. Alright. Explain a little bit more to you. Okay. Explain just a, a, a little bit more. So you turn into Romans 1. 1 through 8. We're gonna read 12 through 14 as well. Okay. <clears throat> Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with the power according to the spirit of the holiness by his resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ to Rome, beloved God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and eight says first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith 
is spoken throughout the whole world. Okay? Now we flip over to Romans 6. So you are called to be a saint, right? So we go over to Romans 6. And we see as a result of us being called. Oh, I did say I was going to read 12 to 14 too, right? Yeah, let's go check that out and see what this says about us being called, okay? Being brought out, okay? Being chosen, being called and brought out among, like we were just talking about, okay? 12 through 14. That is, that I may be confronted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I propose to come to you, but was let hereunto that I may have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. So Paul strived, even though he was called by Christ, he spread the gospel and was led by the Holy Spirit. So it just drives it in again, us being led by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, okay? And he wanted to have some fruit among those also, among you also as well. So let's hop over to Romans 6, 20 through 22 and um, see who we are no longer slaves of, okay? And try to drill a little bit deeper into that so we can understand where we are here, okay? So Romans 6, 20 through 22 says, For when we were servants of sin, Ye were free from righteousness. Now, this is interesting to understand. When we were servants of sin, it, 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 you either serve one and you hate the other. God says when we have idols, we become more like them and we actually hate God. Okay? So, we're either on one side or we're on the other. All right? We cannot be lukewarm. We cannot be half in. We cannot be half out. All right? We got to be sold out. Sold out for Christ. All together on his side, all right? So this proves it's just that for when we were yet servants of sin, we were free from righteousness. I mean, we had no obligation to righteousness at all. We had no obligation to do right, all right? We turned our backs on God and Christ and everything that he stood for, all right? 21 says, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death, as we had already talked about, okay? So those things is basically saying those things that you did in the past that you uh, were no longer, you were not uh, entangled in righteousness. You had no obligation to righteousness. Now these things, after you sin, what do you feel? You feel shame, right? You feel something's wrong. Something's out of place. Okay? You feel out of place. If you are a child of God and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to feel out of place. There's going to be something wrong. There's going to be a nudge in your heart. Even when you hear the gospel and you are not saved, you feel a nudge okay for the end of those things is death it says so 22 says but now if you are accepted Christ okay if you are a believer but now being made free from sin and you have become servants of God you have your fruit unto holiness and the end is everlasting life and then we talk about that the end is everlasting life now so you switch you switch players now. You're on a different team now, right? You switch players. You're on a different team. So now you're living. Once again, it's all connected. You're living by the Spirit now. You're living by the Spirit. You're not gratifying the lust of the flesh anymore. You're not playing for that other team. You're playing for righteousness. So now you are a slave to righteousness, right? 
So the end of being a slave to righteousness is everlasting life. And your fruit is unto holiness and not unto something that you are ashamed of, right? Not unto something that you are ashamed of. You turn around from sin and you run from it and you flee and you obey Christ. Ah, it feels odd. It feels weird. It feels out of place, especially if you're doing it for the first time or especially if you feel like you've been used to or you've been living a life of sin. Um, you're, you're feeling odd. You're feeling weird. Okay, because you're no longer you, you no longer belong to uh, the enemy and doing what he wants you to do and a slave unto unrighteousness, but now a slave unto righteousness. So you're putting on those new clothes now and you're transformed, you're renewed. Your mind is being renewed just by listening to this podcast. All right. So I know you would say, well, how do we do this, Steve? I mean, <laughs> how? What? What? Let, let me just put a disclaimer on this, right? So if, if you're a child of God and, and you are involved in sin, all right, and there's things that you just can't kick and you just keep praying and asking God for forgiveness, no doubt. The word of God says, First John 1 and 9, it says, All those who believe, all right, come before and confess their sins unto, unto God, they are saved. Okay, so no doubt, all right, you are, you are saved. Let me go ahead and quote that scripture properly, all right, for you. So I'm not just taking it out of, out of context, out of my head. First John 1 and 9, all right, let me see if we got it here. <clears throat> So if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And and then 10, even better, if it says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So you know you're a sinner. In Romans, it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right. So you're in that category. But my disclaimer. If you are a child of God and you are continuously wrapped up in, in this sin lifestyle, you just can't let go of a couple things that you've had in your past, all right? Um, it's possible that you may, this 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 little podcast ain't going to help you. <laughs> this little podcast ain't going to help you. Can't lay hands on you. Can't deliver the demons. The word of God talks about the life of Jesus, okay? And a lot of what Christians do is leave out this whole thing, okay? We talk about Jesus' life. We talk about how he healed the sick. We talk about spreading the gospel. All right. But we don't talk about the one big D word. And that D word is deliverance. Okay. Jesus Christ cast out demons. Okay. As he walked this earth, he cast out demons. All right. And a lot of what we are dealing with. All right. If we are struggling with sin and have already accepted Christ. Uh, a habitual sin, something that we're living in that will destroy us eventually, and we are reaping the consequences, we're dealing with a demon in us, or many demons, okay, that we ourselves may not be able to cast out, may not deliver ourselves, and we have to seek deliverance. So I encourage you, if that is you, you seek a deliverance minister, or you read and study up if you are desirous enough, is that even a word? <laughs> if you desire deeply in your heart to move closer to the Lord, which I hope that you do, especially in these times, okay? It's a wake-up call going on right now, especially in these times, okay? If you desire to move closer to your Father, I suggest that you study on deliverance and try to figure out if you can link up with a deliverance minister and get delivered from your sins, okay? But practically, what we can do 
I have a couple of tools for you that I've been studying myself, okay? Um, and you have to pull on the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Hope is found in the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, living by the Spirit, not by the flesh, not gratifying uh, the needs of the flesh, okay? So, uh, the tools are found in James 4, 7 through 10, okay? And we're going to hop on over there. We're going to read and see how um, we can get out of this thing. What we can do practically uh, when we are facing sin. What can we do? Alright? So, James 4. Alright? James 4, 7 through 10. says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then it goes on to say, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse ye hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Nine says, be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy to heaviness. And ten says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Mm. So the first step is to submit to God, live by the Spirit, renew your mind, Romans 12 and 2, renew your mind, cast down thoughts that have no business being in your mind, flee from youthful lusts, flee from sin, run, run, go the other way, use all the tools that I've just mentioned in the Word, uh, if you have to know that the reason why you may be attached to sin is because you love it and you like it. You have to confess that. You have to get that out. Confess your sins unto the Lord, as I just read, um, 1 John 1 and 9. And he is faithful and just to forgive you. That's the word of God. That's true. That does not erase, and I must stress this, it does not erase and delete the consequences because they will still come. You still have to deal with the consequences. All right? But you can pray to ask God to get you through those consequences. Okay? Submit to God, live by the Spirit. Then it says, step two, resist the devil. Use scripture to battle. Make a choice. It's a conscious effort. You commit to Christ. You cast your cares. In 1 Peter 5 and 7, cast your cares. Cast them. That's resisting the devil. Use scripture to battle. Where do we get that from? Well, after Jesus was tempted, after he was fasting in the wilderness, who came and tempted him? Okay, he was weak. The enemy loves to get us when we're weak, right? When we're down, when we, ah, hit me right there when I'm down, when I'm weak, when I'm exposed, when I'm vulnerable. That's when he wants to get me, okay? And Jesus was vulnerable at that point in time. He was hungry. He would have done just about anything to get some food or get something. The enemy came and tempted him three times. And three times, God, Jesus did just, just what I'm talking about. He submitted to God and resisted the devil. And what happened at the end? If you don't know the story, the enemy fleed. That's exactly what happened. He comes back, though, but he fleed. And you just keep doing that same cycle. Okay? Step three, watch the devil flee. Watch him flee. He's gone. Okay? Four, draw nigh or draw close to God. And he will draw close to you. Okay? Try it. Try it. Get on your knees. Pray. Something come up in your mind. Cast those thoughts down. Anything that lines, uh, that lines itself up against the knowledge of God, you can cast those thoughts down. Make them captive unto you. 
because you do have the power in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has given you the power to resist sin. He has given you what you need. So finally, I have three more scriptures for you. <laughs> and uh, I want you to be alert. I want you to be strong. I want you to be on your on your mark, okay? Mm. I tell you, just be strong. Just be strong. Be courageous. Alright? James 1 and 12. James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. There's a reward in this thing. So you tried and you tried and you tried and you, you did everything that I'm telling you to do, but it still ain't work. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I don't know about you, but I want that crown of life. I'm here. And I'm doing the best that I can to strive against sin. Keeping my mind as pure as I can in Christ. Trying my best to live according to the Spirit. The same thing I'm preaching to you is the same thing I'm living each day. I want that crown, okay? Blessed are the man that endure temptation. I want to endure temptation. It's not a sin to be tempted, by the way. Um, but once you fall into temptation, that is a sin. Alright, 1 Peter 5, uh, 8 through 9. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for this word today. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for allowing us to be together today. Um, it says, be sober, if you got it here. Eight, be sober, be vigilant, be alert, because the adversary, the devil, as we just talked about, is roaring lion. He walketh about, he's seeking, he's looking for you. And sometimes that's hard to even imagine, right? Because it's all happening, what we mentioned earlier, it's all happening in the spiritual realm. Okay, so it's kind of hard to see all this. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, which is what we just talked about, knowing that the same afflictions, which is great, are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So that means that you and I are not the only ones going through this, that there are tons and millions and hundreds of other people that are also going through the same thing too. But we must be steadfast in the faith, knowing that everybody else is dealing with the same thing too. And we got to push through. So finally, Ephesians 6 and 10. I want to leave you with this, okay? Ephesians 6 and 10. We're going to hop there and um, wrap things up a little bit here. It's been great talking with you a little bit and kind of trying to shell out what we need to do in this last day and you know this is this can be seen and is seen as a warning you know it's a warning uh for you it's a heavy warning to stay away from sin especially in these last days you want to stay away from sin in general about that <laughs> you want to stay away from it in general okay so but this is just fitting right uh we went over a little bit of this in the last one if you if you didn't uh, catch the last podcast you can catch it um I talked about the whole armor of God. It says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord. Finally, my sisters, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. The power of his might. Psalm 130 and 5 says, I wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord. My soul wait. And his word do I hope. So I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord today. 
Wait on the Lord, okay? Wait on the Lord. Be patient. Trust not. Lean not unto your own understanding. In Proverbs it says, But in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Secure your victory over sin by living by the Spirit so that you will not gratify the flesh. All right? God bless you, and um, thanks for listening. I'm Steve, and this has been The Gospel with Steve Hennigan. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay.